Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this show, we're trying to educate you about the American college system. We're going to be having college coaches and student athletes joining us, talking about the experiences in America, and hopefully by the end of the show, you would have taken away some amazing information. Enjoy. Well, welcome everyone to episode three of Get to the Point webinar series. This video is going to be more about soccer college recruitment videos. In the past, we had other people on board, but today uh, we've got Carl Edwards. Carl, thank you for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So those that don't know, Carl, Carl Edwards is actually a Kiwi, but he's currently in the US right now. I've worked with Carl for a couple of years. He's been an influential person and in part of the recruitment process. His job has been editing and creating college videos for a lot of student athletes, which resulted in getting thousands of dollars worth of scholarship for them. Um, Kyle's background is in soccer, so he is also uh, a coach as well, but not only a coach, he's a video analysis. He's worked with some really good teams, so he's worked with the Wellington Phoenix first team, and currently now he's in Houston working with the Houston Dynamo, which is an MLS team. And so it's really good to have him here. He's gonna be breaking down what not to put in a video, what to put in a video, and hopefully by the end of this talk, you know you know exactly where things are at in terms of college recruitment videos. So, Carl, whereabouts are you right now? Uh, so I'm still in Houston. Um, unfortunately, you know, with the COVID situation, I'm actually, you know, can't get back into New Zealand for Christmas, which is which is disappointing, but it gives you an opportunity to sort of see the US. So yeah. first Christmas away. Man, it must be tough. It must be tough. But um, how long have you been in the States now? And how is it working with an MLS team? So I've been here two years now. So coming up to two years in January, um, it's it's an unbelievable experience. Like something I sort of never, you know, you never really understand how big sport is in the US until you're actually here. Um, so it's been, it's bigger than what I thought. And it's, you know, it's a good challenge. The level is very high as well. So it's been, it's been a very good experience for me. That's awesome. So I guess being a video analysis, you know, you're you're looking at a lot of content from a lot of soccer athletes each day. What does your role actually do uh, with your soccer team right now? So my role is more with the team in regards to opposition scouting, uh, live in-game analysis and post-game, along with sort of helping. We have a recruitment department, so I kind of sort of help with them and looking at players through scouting platforms that we have access to, you know, through Scout, which is a big platform worldwide. So... My normal day-to-day is pretty much with the team training um, and then scouting and game day, which is the fun part. So, that's Awesome. That's fantastic. Have you met any big-time soccer athletes? Any name drops you could do? I don't want to drop any names, you know. <laughs> um, being fortunate, you know, this year we've, you know, we, haven't, we haven't been able to travel as much. Um, last year we played LA Galaxy, who has Latin Ibrahimovic. We played Orlando. They had Nani. Uh, didn't really get to, you know, you don't really try to meet them. Um, to be honest, because the end of the day, they're just normal people. They may yeah. have made a few million more than I have in their life. <laughs> they definitely have, actually, to be fair. Um, so they're just normal people at the end of the day. So you just you work with you work with some very good people and coaches as well. So I think it, it comes back to that as well. That's awesome. And so you know, you started working off with the Wellington Phoenix. How was it working with the Phoenix and being in the A League? It was for me. It was my first professional job. Um, I was with Auckland City before that, which is obviously a semi-pro team. Uh, in the National League and the opportunity to go work in full-time professional football was an opportunity I couldn't turn down um, but also as well as a new start the club had never really had an analysis department or an analyst with the first team so it was it was a new experience new coaching staff then you know you get the typical professional sport where a coach gets fired uh, and then you get another coach come in a caretaker coach that's been around and then they don't renew him at the end of the year and he becomes the assistant 
So within two years, it was three head coaches. So it's it's an experience, uh, but you learn you learn a lot, right? So it was great to great to work with you know the Kiwi player Australians and then experience some of the foreign players as well who are very good. That's awesome. And so let's talk about college videos now. You've done a lot, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know Carl's job is that we get a bunch of content from a lot of athletes, so we might get nine to eleven games that we go through, and then we put them together into a highlights reel. Now. The college, the college videos are such an important part of the recruitment process. College coaches rely on good video, and everyday coaches get between 200 to maybe even 250 emails from athletes from around the world saying, hey, check out my video, but they're not going to watch all of them. They're only going to watch for like the first five to 10 seconds, and if they like that video, they're going to continue to watch it. Um, now, you know, Carl, let's talk a little bit about some of the red flags. Let's talk about the things that you should not be putting in college video. So if an athlete wants to do a video themselves, you know, what are the big no's? For me, I think the big no's is definitely if you want to, you know, you're trying to do a bicycle kick and it goes over the bar. Like for me, that's something I wouldn't put in a highlights video for sure. You want to kind of have areas, you know, that make you look good and make you stand out in that first couple of minutes, like you said. Um, other things that potentially you won't put in is ideally not training footage, unless you have, you know, unless you have something. Um, for me, it's, you know, you don't really want to put training because at the end of the day, you can look really good in training because there's no pressure. So for me, a couple of those red flags are those and it comes down to the end of the day, I think we're going to touch on it, but the filming, the actual filming of the video as well. Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of parents are not video experts. You know, they're very kind enough to be standing there sometimes in the rain and they stick a camera up there, but they don't really know which angles to film from. What are some, what's some advice you can give to parents uh, based on the angle of the video and sort of like the focus, whether they zoom out or zoom in or they follow the athlete, what's some advice you can give them? For me, it's stay, you know, if you can get a little bit of elevation, that's always great. Uh, reason being is, you know, a college coach is one of looking at your positioning, um, how that starts. For example, you might zoom in on someone just do it, just kicking a ball or making a pass or making a tackle, but you don't actually see, you know, what's happened leading up to that. So you might just see the actual action. So try to get a little bit of elevation stay as wide not as wide as possible but stay wide enough so you're not just seeing the player you you kind of want to see what's in front of them and what's behind as well in case you know in case something happens as well absolutely and i guess like sometimes i see videos on youtube of some other athletes sometimes athletes start the process themselves and then um they don't get anything and they contact people like myself to get some additional help and when i see their videos you know I get quite seasick sometimes, <laughs> like following the player around sort of thing. You yeah. know, I think what you said sort of nailed it on their head, keeping it wide angle, letting the camera roll, keeping it on a tripod, uh, keeping it still so the coaches don't get seasick. Now, here's one that I'm going to throw at you. What are your thoughts on music and videos? It's a great one. Um, I'm kind of mixed. I think for me, you can, you know, you can always make a video better with music. It, you know, it can sometimes, it can make you want to pay attention to the video a little bit more. Um, but also at the end of the day, I think if you've got no music and there's, there's audio from the game, for example, whereas communication is not, you know, it's hard because a lot of the time it's parents that are filming it, but also you might hear some communication from the game from players. I think there's a balancing act of music and no music for sure. Maybe intros, you might add a little bit of music if you've got some information or, you know, at the end. But I think for me, if you're going to start putting you know, for example, Travis Scott all over your music is probably not going to help as well. And it's going to affect you putting it on YouTube, for example, as well. 
Absolutely. And I guess like the way you present yourself in a college video is how a coach interprets it, how you are as a person as well. And so like there was one video, for example, I remember I was talking to a college coach in LA and I was in the office and they said that they had this guy. He was an amazing player. He was actually an under 20 representative as a striker, but the music was horrendous. There was a lot of profanity in it. It wasn't the type of music you would want to hear. And the coach was saying to me, I'm look, the kid was great, but this student athlete is going to be representing our college. And if this is what they're into, we're not into that. And so you got to be so careful. But on the other hand, I won't name the club, but I had an athlete send me video from New Zealand and at this club that had, they had an amazing stadium. And um, one of the guys filming it, you know, was just talking to his mate in the background and they were just chirping. They were saying a lot of swear words and, you know, it was a shame that we couldn't put that raw audio, that match audio in the video because we yeah. mute it. And so I think that, you know, the the vibe off the game, if they hear people like clapping and celebrating and cheering, that adds value to a video. But if there's people around you like swearing at the ref or doing anything like that or being disrespectful, it's probably not going to help you at all. So I guess like where you stand to position the camera is also really important. You know, look around you. Are there people yelling? Are there people that are going to be disturbing the audio? I think that's something. Now, Carl, let's talk about, you know, obviously there's different positions. You know, there's we've got a lot of goalkeepers that we've worked with, a lot of defenders, midfielders, etc. Let's talk about the segments of a video. Do you think a video should just be like eight minutes, just pure random highlights all over the place? So, for example, for a striker, it might be like a goal, assist, a defensive play, another goal, or should it be like segmented based on what they're trying to do in that video? I think for me it can go it can go either way. Uh, a goalkeeper can sort of be mixed, I think, to be honest. Um, but if you're looking at like a midfielder, for example, and you're wanting to look at how you know how they pass and you want to look at their passing range, I'd say it probably needs to kind of be all together in terms of that. Um, but it, I think it all depends on what you're trying to really showcase as well. If you're you know for example, if you're a player that's physically very good, you can sort of compile a game, you know, a few games together because you're really trying to show that point of, you know, physically I'm good, I'm strong. I can win a ball, but I can also pass. And a lot of those things will overlap as opposed to having like a five-second clip of you winning a tackle, then the five-second clip of you passing, but then having a separate. If it's a 10-second clip of you winning the ball, you know, and then playing forward, I think I think that's okay to have. So there's there's pros and cons, I think, to, to both. Um, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to the individual and also, you know, what the, what the schools are potentially looking at as well. Absolutely. I think, you know, from talking to a lot of coaches – some, like they haven't seen these players live before. You know, they're, they're getting a YouTube link and they're clicking it and they're putting it up on a screen. And so I guess the first thing is identifying the athlete, knowing who they are is important. And maybe that's an advantage of having it segmented. Um, like let's say, for example, you are a left wing back, um, but you're involved up and down quite a lot and you're also coming inside. If you if you have it segmented on what you're doing, a coach will easily be able to identify you. But let's say you're a six foot six tall center back yeah. you know it's going to be it's going to be pretty easy to identify you exactly. there and i guess like what you said before is pretty much spot on it's what you're trying to do like whenever carl and i work together on videos there's a strategy behind the video before we get started and so we might we might look at the content that we have and say okay it's a bit erratic uh, maybe they didn't get many minutes why don't we take segments of each game and put them together? Some might do like a defensive segment, then like a distribution segment and an attacking segment. 
that might be better from different games. But then sometimes we have really good athletes that are very consistent amongst all eight games where we might do like a highlights per game. And when a coach looks at it, they're saying this athlete has performed at a consistent level across a number of different games. We want to see more. And that last thing I just said, we want to see more is what you want coaches to do. Because when we send like highlight reels, the next thing is full game videos. Um, Carl, there's a lot of like, there'll be a lot of parents and a lot of students that are like year 11, year 12 in school that will be listening to this in their own time, obviously, that are studying right now. Um, what's some advice you can give to parents? I know we touched on some of the video angles and stuff like that. What's some advice you give to parents, but more importantly to the athletes? What should they be thinking about doing? And what do coaches in the States want to see? Like you said, you know, being good at their role, being good on the ball, but what do they really want to see? I think for me, if we start on the first point with the parents, I think it's just get as much footage as possible. That's the first thing, um, because at the end of the day, you always get to a point. I think we've, you know, we've had examples of this where we don't have enough video, and we have four or five minutes, and we need eight ideally, um, yeah. where we're trying to scrape for more video. I think that's the first thing. You never, you can never have too much. Um, you can always have, you know, you can have enough or you don't have enough. That's sort of the first thing for me. As as a player or a student. Um, you know, you're wanting to showcase your best ability. So you're wanting to, you know, when you're playing, you want to make sure that you're, you know, playing at your best, working hard, because you never know who's filming that game either. That's the other thing. You never know who's at a game. That's a big thing for me. And especially here in the US, you never know when there's a college coach somewhere. Um, we like for now, at the moment, we're looking, you know, it's a college draft this year for us um, coming to 2021. So, we're, you know, we're looking at players in college every day. Um, but we're, you know, we're mainly looking at full games of those players, but just from a professional club aspect. But the coaches are looking for players that want to work hard, that are consistent. You know, depending on the level, I think there's there's a physicality aspect to it as well. In Division One, it's I think there's a lot of you know there's a lot of technical technical players, and I think once you get here, and Amra, you can talk about this better. Is you're you need to be strong, you know, and you you spend hours in the gym when you get here and it's working, and fitness and those sort of things. So for me, it's they're looking for players that have got a good ability, technically very good in the in the higher levels and, you know, having to be consistent is a big thing because they're investing a lot of time and resource into you. Absolutely. I mean, I won't name this person, but we recently placed this young man into a really top end division one college. And what sort of attracted his offers was his athletic ability. He was fast, he was very quick and he's very strong. Before he arrived at this university, um, he did some fitness testing. So the college had sent us things like go get a yo-yo done, go get your one mile done, go get like a Bronco done, et cetera. And so he got all these fitness testings done and he sent it to the coach. And the coach said, out of our squad, you're one of the slowest people. But in New Zealand, he's like one of the fastest kids. Yeah. And my mind's getting blown. So, you know, coach, the, the athletics in the States is just another level. And I think that... You know, the, I mean, I've placed over 75 athletes in the States and I've been in this industry now for nearly six years. My conversations with coaches every time we send them a video is a beast is what they say. Oh, that athlete's a beast or that athlete is an athlete. Very good athlete. We're interested. We want to see more. Um, usually the athletes that struggle to get a lot of traction at the start is because of their athletic ability. So you want to showcase that. And if you're not fit, you want to get yourself a trainer, get into shape. Um, another thing I want to add as well is, you know, you are a product of your own environment. If you are playing at a level that's not very high, the coaches are not going to take that seriously. So if you're in your college video, 
um, if you're doing well, but you're beating guys that are like 40 plus that are not, their mindset isn't to become a professional athlete or a top college athlete, you know, you're going to struggle. And so try to align yourself within a club or if you're in high school within a good program where you are going to be getting good competition because the higher the competition that is seen on the video, um, the higher chances of getting a scholarship um, yeah. as well. Would you add anything else, um, Carl, to that? Anything else at all? I think on that point there, I think for me, it's it's about, you know, you want to play at the highest possible level you can. That's definitely important. But at the same time, if you're not able to do that, the games that you're wanting to use for your video are potentially against the tougher opponents. So like the tougher games, not the games your team wins 21-0 and you score 12 goals, you know, because that's, for me, like you look at that game and you go, it's not a very good game if I saw the score or you guys are very good and they're not. But try to pick, you know, your best games, the things you play, you think you played well in against tougher teams. I think that's really important. I agree. I mean, when I when I was helping this young lady get a scholarship, she's from Palmerston North in New Zealand, and she plays in one of the top leagues in the country. And so when we're talking to a coach, not only is she looking good, but we're saying, oh, that other girl that she played against is a former fan. Oh, that girl over there is actually in the under 20s. And so the college coach is like, okay, the level's high and she's doing well. We're a bit more sold on that. And so what you said there, 100% agree. Awesome advice. Well, Carl, thank you so much for joining us today, man. I appreciate it. And uh, hang in there, hang in there in Houston. Hope you and your partner have a great Christmas. And um, for those that are watching this, if you've got any questions at all about college recruitment videos, uh, contact us on www.platformsportsmanagement.com or send us a message on Instagram at just platform underscore sport underscore management and I'll answer your questions. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me.